Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I do at least monthly here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel. It's available, of course, on the channel here in video form, and it's also available in audio-only form like an actual podcast. Simply look up Mod Chat, all one word, on your favorite podcasting host or app, and you should hopefully be able to find it. I know we're not everywhere, but we're on most places. So we're not going to be taking a look at too too many uh, topics here but i found some things that were of interest some things i wanted to cover and hopefully some things you would enjoy we're also going to be doing this episode looking like okay i i just wanted to show this here right i got this shirt this like i'm gonna be looking like a whole last like metal gear solid start screen right here like this is great i i got this shirt over a year ago and i really haven't had the opportunity to actually use it at any places so i figured you know what here this will work maybe some people will enjoy it Let's go ahead and take a look at what we're uh, looking at here this month. First up is Project Redux, or just known as Redux, with a 3. Now, some people might be looking at this, and if you are on the original Xbox and really into it, you might be smiling ear to ear, and you might know what this is. This is an open source X3 project, Executor 3 mod chip, whatever you want to call it right there. And this is real cool because this is the second type of project we've really seen like this. Of course, the open Xenium is some really great stuff that is a open source reverse engineered version of the Xenium, I believe Xenium Ice mod chip. And Redux is the same thing, an open source version of the X3, Executor 3 mod chip. Now let's take a look at this repository, and this is posted from Kekul. This is an open source recreation of one of the most well-known original Xbox LPC memory I.O. device created by Team Executor, the X3-X3CE. The VHDL is 100% compatible with all the original Team Executor software, including Flash BIOS and Live Config. This allows loading user BIOS binaries and some basic Xbox tools, EEPROM backup modification, hard drive rebuilding, locking unlocking, FTP access, as well as customizing the colors of the boot animation. The VHDL written by Team Executor was never released, and the CPLD is read protected, so it is not trivial to extract the bitstream and they mislabel the CPLD to make it even more difficult. While the VHDL is most likely quite different than what was originally written for the X3, my VHDL implementation is fully compatible with all the features of the original chip. Now, this is really cool. I did an entire video all about the X3 Executor 3, which, if people do not know, it is probably... I would say the most prolific, well-known mod chip for the original Xbox. I mean, yeah, there's tons of cheap mods and such, and you can, of course, TSOP flash. But when people think of, like, an original Xbox just decked out with a screen and all these extra buttons and stuff and switches and just really cool stuff right there, they're probably thinking of a super modified X3, like, sweet Xbox that will have, like, the X3 chip, the X3 IR for, you know, IR sensors, the X3 CP for the actual control panel that has all the buttons and all that stuff that's what people think of so it's really cool that this is getting reverse engineered this is released here and just like open xenium people will be able to build this out so i am looking forward to getting my hands on one of these and really giving it a shot and you know if it's going to be about the same as the executor 3 that's going to be awesome. I do want to share the background here as well too. The Redux chip started off as the OpenX3 project in January 2020 with four members of the discussion group for the reverse engineer effort. Myself, Kekul, Team Donkey, Ryzy119, and Ernigian. I believe I'm saying that right. I'm trying to. 
We worked for several months, and King Luxor and I completed a schematic based on the original Purple X3 chip, which he released in 2020. With all of their help, we identified the components of the PCB, and King Luxor did the initial part placement, and I did the PCB layout of our original OpenX3 chip. After verifying that the PCB worked by transplanting all components from a working X3 chip, the world was hit by the pandemic, and COVID and real life caused the project to fall aside. Ernigian was able to extract the majority of the register information needed to complete the design, but the real life time demands of virtual work and school, there was no time to even start working on the CPLD code. Time passed, and we all went our separate ways. And so with a known working PCB in hand and a trove of information we had amassed, the project was abandoned. Fast forward about six months, and I decided to start working on it again, and breathed new life into the project. A redux, as it were. That's clever. So cool, this is going to be something to keep an eye on, and I do look forward to seeing more of this, but big congratulations to Kekul and anybody else involved with this who was able to really help the uh, the redux, as it were, of the Executor 3. Next up, we are going to be talking about the PlayStation 3, and I'm currently looking at PS3 Exploits Gab account because uh, there was a new update for the PS3 released a few weeks ago, which I'm sure many people know of. This was the 4.88 update. Now, typically, these updates really don't do all too much. They really just update the AACS keys, which will allow, you know, encrypt protected media to play on the system like newer blu-rays and you know and synavia protection has to do with that uh, but this update also did some extra stuff as well too from what i know i believe habib who is actually on the ps3 exploit team had talked a while ago about submitting a bounty for an exploit related to playstation network and therefore on firmware 4.88 authentication actually ended up changing. So there was a lot more in the background happening than what we initially expected on there with just, you know, an update to Blu-ray keys and such. But either way, 4.88 ended up releasing, and of course, all of these software-based modifications ended up breaking if you updated to 4.88 and nothing was being ported over at that point. Well, we ended up getting some new stuff here. Just kind of going through all of this, first of all, on June 2nd, PS3 HIN GitHub repo has been updated to support 4.88 HFW, advanced users only right now, packages will soon follow after confirmation of HFW layout, to retain 4.88 SPRX files in package, excluding the exploitable silk underscore webkit.sprx. Now, this is important here because I believe it was Zeko Xiao who had uh, released 4.88 HFW this time as opposed to Juni. Now, HFW is still needed. That is the hybrid firmware that you have to install, and a lot of people do ask, is this required to use PS3 HIN or even HAN? And yes, it is still required. And the reason why it's required is because back when PS3 Exploit was coming onto the scene, their tools worked for 4.81 and 4.82 firmwares, and that was the WebKit that they worked for. This was effectively patched, and all their tools stopped working on 4.83. However, what ended up happening was when 4.84 came about, there was hybrid firmware HFW. And essentially what this is, I'm just, you know, boiling it down in short, you take the 4.84 HFW, you take the WebKit from 4.82, you plop the old WebKit into the new firmware, and you build out a new firmware file. And that is what is being flashed over. It's all still signed. It all works just fine. But you're installing a new firmware with an old exploitable WebKit. And then you just have to port all the tools to work with that newer firmware and have it in mind when targeting that. So that is why HFW is required on these newer firmwares. 
unless you're going to be messing around with PS3 toolset, which we are going to be getting to. But if you're messing around with PS3 toolset, that actually uses a separate exploit than what is being used here with the WebKit and such. So that's why with PS3 toolset, if you are installing a custom firmware and patching your system for that, you don't have to touch HFW at all during that process. But if you're going to be using PS3 HIN or even HAN, which is not going to be recommended at this point, just use PS3 HIN. Everyone, use PS3 HIN. It has HAN built into it. There's like like 20 people who are just like, we need HAN. We, I know we're going on a sidebar, but people just really want HAN only. And it's like PS3 HIN has HAN baked into it. And it's better. Just please use that and just use it the same way. Uh, but getting back to topic here, either way, that is why, because there is a separate exploit for the PS3 toolset, you don't ever have to touch HFW if you're just focused on installing a custom firmware. So, of course, talking about that, PS3 HIN 3.0.3 was released. Now, there were Cobra PS3 Mappy changes. This was updated to 4.88 firmware to support that officially, and it was also, of course, officially supporting 4.88 HFW. For anybody who still uses HAN or ethanol, as it stated here, this was also updated. And even says this is for anybody who still uses this. Extra tools will be updated over the next few days and new links will be added to the main website. Later on, all of the HAN extra tools that you are seeing right here were updated to support 4.88 HFW, except for the debug settings installer. And lastly, most recently, this did take a few weeks, but PS3 toolset 1.1.003 was released. And the big change to this was that it added 4.88 support meaning that now at this point, people on 4.88 firmware with a compatible PlayStation 3 model can use PS3 exploits tools through the PS3 toolset to do this all through the browser. Just open up the browser, they can dump their flash, they can verify it then on a computer, but then they can download a patch, they can patch their system to allow a custom firmware installation, and then they can install custom firmware from a flash drive after rebooting it. I've made videos covering this as well too, but this is just talking about what's here. So of course, 4.88 support was added. They also added NC 3.0 Flash 9 exploit update with ActionScript communication bridge to fine tune the piloting of the Flash 9 exploit. That's how I was talking about. It's a separate exploit here. Flash Memory Manager was updated to 1.3.1. Minor update like IDPS saved file and a couple of small GUI fixes. And finally, the JavaScript ROP Framework 4.2 update. It brings minor performance improvements to existing features, but more importantly, it brings the PS3 toolset framework in line with the requirements of the file manager tool I've been working on. Awesome. So I always say this in the PS3 exploit related videos I make, but if you want to support what these awesome people are doing with keeping these tools alive and really making this super easy and much safer for all of us, I would recommend not only thanking them, but if there's any money that you're wanting to throw, especially if you're going to spend that money on a downgrade service or a hardware flasher, you might want to think about throwing a few bucks over to the PS3 exploit team. Any little bit is going to help. Not only is the donation link available on the site, but even on the PS3 toolset page, there is extra options for donations as well too, if you would like to contribute. Now, the last thing about the PS3 4.88 update is that developer Evonat has been extremely busy with this. First of all, Evonat is the person behind Sin Enabler, which I'm sure many people who use lower firmwares on their PlayStation 3s who want to get online are familiar with. Now, one thing that was mentioned, as I said, with the authentication change was that, of course, since that was changed, it took Evonat a little bit longer. Essentially, he was saying before, 
that he was needing some more time to analyze the firmware, see what was going on with PSN authentication, and to not use any other methods of spoofing or anything of the sort, but to only use the latest Sen enabler when it drops, and he did end up releasing that. Now, that's not something I have as much experience with because I personally really don't use my ps3s online like on psn but there's also only one custom firmware out right now which seems to be pretty good like it's has everything everybody wants here uh this is the evonat cobra custom firmware now it's great because again this has pretty much everything everyone wants so i know a lot of people want to wait for rebug or they want to rebug firmware but because rebug didn't release anything in 4.87 and it doesn't look like anything on 4.88 it's kind of cool that evonat has kind of taken that there. Uh, Evonet has worked on the 4.87 custom firmware as well as 4.88. And again, I mean, just looking at all the features right here, it's very well tested. It's extremely fleshed out and it pretty much does what people are wanting from like the equivalent of a rebug light firmware. So if you're wanting a 4.88 custom firmware, you can't really go wrong with Evonat's custom firmware here. He has released multiple variants. So a regular, it's, it's all Kex, there's no DEX versions here, but just a regular custom firmware with Cobra, of course, a no BD variant for no Blu-ray drive or broken one, no BT, so same thing but Bluetooth, and then one for both no Bluetooth and no Blu-ray drive in case both of them are busted. So you really have every type of variant right here if you're wanting to say on the retail Kex side as opposed to DeX. Next up here is another PlayStation Vita port, and this is a cool one here. This is Bully Anniversary Edition by The Flow. Now, coming from the Wolo .net article, they state, PS Vita hacker and developer The Flow has released yet another port of a Rockstar game, this time Bully. This release comes after other great ports by the scene veterans such as Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which I did cover on here. So what's Bully for PS Vita? Bully Vita is a quote-unquote port of the Android version of Rockstar's popular action-adventure game from the README. This is a wrapper slash port of Bully Anniversary Edition for the PlayStation Vita. The port works by loading the official Android ARM v7 executable in memory, resolving its imports with native functions and patching it in order to properly run. Now over at the Flow's GitHub page, and it looks like Rene Gattamonte was working on this as well too, so kind of another cool collaboration between them. It has a full setup for here for end users and includes, you know, installing Kubridge and FDFix, which if you have used these other ports such as Max Payne or Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, you probably have those already. It's also optional, but I suppose recommended to install PSV Shell to overclock your device to 500 megahertz, as well as Cap Unlocker to unlock the fourth core of the PlayStation Vita for actual usage. Now, you do need to get the files required, like the game files from the Android build of Bully, but once you're able to get all that and set it up, all the instructions are available here. And of course, there's also the downloads that you'll need, such as the Bully VPK to install this, as well as some game files that you can essentially just pack in there that will patch the patch the game files themselves. Now it is worth noting here, it says the official game does not free unused textures as modern smartphones have more RAM than the PS Vita, and as such, the game will crash after a long gameplay. Very good to know. Now next up, we have another pretty cool thing here, and this is something that I have covered before from Victor Villela, uh, in which I had covered some of his ROM hacks that were really just speeding up Super Nintendo games. And this is really cool. This is Super Mario World 
widescreen. And just getting into this, Super Mario World widescreen is your beloved Mario World Super Nintendo game, but in the 16x9 resolution. This is possible by expanding the horizontal resolution by 96 pixels, including resolution from 256 by 224 to 352 by 224. Since the original Super Nintendo does not have this resolution, the emulator focused into high definition mods B-SNES HD must be used. So this is also very important to note as well too. This is a ROM hack that you can install. You just pretty much download this BPS file and you're able to apply that. I'm just looking at all the other files here. No, it's just that's the open source stuff. So it's that BPS file that you're going to need. But either way, once you patch this, this does not work on original hardware. You have to play this on an emulator. But I mean, look at that. That is widescreen, like native widescreen Super Mario World. For supported screens, they say currently Super Mario World widescreen supports 16x9 and 16x10 monitor resolutions. More aspect ratios are planned and are currently work in progress, namely 2x1 and 21x9 ultra-wide aspect ratios. All aspect ratio has the intended 8x7 pixel aspect ratio from the original Super Nintendo picture processing unit. This means that the screen you will see is like how you would see on a real TV connected to the Super Nintendo, except expanded to the widescreen resolution. And the instructions here, pretty simple. You download the latest BPS patch, you patch your ROM, you have to download a widescreen configuration file, which is a BSO file, name it the same as your patch ROM, and then remove the BPS from the folder you're loading the ROM from, otherwise you'll get an error, and you have to play this with BSNES HD. So if you're wanting to take another look at Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo and you want to try this out through the BSNES HD emulator, give it a shot. This looks pretty cool. Now there's one more thing I would like to cover here, and for anybody who does not know, I try and get a topic that I find like interesting or cool or funny or just kind of out there in regards to modding, and yeah, I, I, I'd say this is it here. Let's just, we're actually going to be taking a look at a Smash Bros. Ultimate mod, which I don't think I've covered one of those before, but <laughs> I'm just going to have to show you all. This is a, uh, this is a character mod here that you can get from Game Banana, and this is an RCM jig, a mod for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> just... <laughs> Like, I'm going to try and load this up here. Let's see. Oh, my God. So, it's like they have this was shown to me, but there's four different jigs that you could use. And I believe, yeah, this is a Jigglypuff mod. So, you have to end up, like, using this for Jigglypuff here. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, I'm trying to explain it here. So, you got the tin foil. You have the 3D printed jig that has the... Uh, what the hell is that? It's a... It's a paperclip shoved into it. You have a actual like factory made jig that has some nice little metal pieces on it. And then you have a bent up paperclip there. Oh my God. It, okay, needs more stability. Oh, come on, don't load on me, man. This, it's a little bit slow for me right now. <laughs> I mean, just look at this. This is amazing. I love this here. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't even like, I can't even, I can't even cover this properly. Like. <laughs> 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 okay.
Okay, composure, composure. We got this. We're good. We're good. We can cover this just fine. Let's get back to this here. I mean, there you got a you got a piece of tin foil looking beautiful and no contest. I mean, this whole mod no contest. Now, actually talking about this here, updates. They added the tin foil jig plus UI. They removed unnecessary files from the mod folder or optimized the 3D models recently. They fixed models using the wrong materials. Now the other Jigglypuffs alt won't be affected by the mod. That's always good. And added metallic material to the paperclip jig. Very important. Execute your rivals. I like that there. This is, of course, a skin mod for Jigglypuff. It replaces alt C04, C05, C06, C07 for Jigglypuff. And now you can exploit your enemy's weakness while also taking advantage of Jigglypuff's amazing recovery. Includes UI and the option to mute Jigglypuff's voice lines. And also, what is it? Well, RCM Jig, what is that? Google it. <laughs> I do really want to, like, right here, uh, Guile, I want to say it's he, he, or GG. I hope I'm saying that right somehow. I, I do, oh my god, you, like, you here. I, I really just want to thank you so much, whoever you are, for, for the laughs. I I mean, I had seen this before. I didn't think I was just going to lose it on this episode of Mod Chat over this. This is just... <laughs> Do I really need to say more about this mod? This is incredible. Well, there we go. You know, kind of a short episode of Mod Chat. Just a few topics, but, you know, kind of a short and sweet thing. And I, I think some important stuff right here. Of course, you know, the RCM Jig, Jigglypuff mod. <laughs> that was most important here. But either way, either way, I'm happy you all showed up to uh, listen to and watch this episode and everything. Now, if you are at the end of this episode, I like to do something at the end of every episode of Mod Chat where I pick a keyword or a key phrase of some kind. And if you end up using this word or phrase in a comment on the YouTube upload, I will know that you made it to the end of this episode. And the problem is, you know, actually, I, I have an idea here. I think I've used... Hmm. No. How about this? How about Lego? Like it could be any spelling on there with one G or two G's. Have you stepped on a Lego? Do you want to say Lego for whatever reason? What was your favorite Lego set? How old do you have to be to like, I cause I know on Legos, right? Like when you get them, they say they're like for ages like three through 99. So once you're a hundred, are you just not able to use Legos or what? I'm not sure. But what is your thought on the age limitation there of Legos and them being age gated? I'd like to know about that. So if you use the word Lego in your YouTube comment, I'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode. Anyways, that is about it for me here. Hopefully you all enjoyed this episode of Mod Chat. If you're watching on YouTube and you liked it, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well too. But, well, this is Mr. Mario signing off, and until next time.